welcome to Courage Stories, a podcast series where teammates share their stories on being courageous while embracing who they are and how they are allies for others. With your hosts, Louis Martirez and Rachel Wade. Welcome back, everyone, for another exciting episode of The Courage Stories. Yeah, this is a a good one for me because I felt like I got to interview a really good friend of mine, so Mm -hmm. it was nice. It's a great interview that we're going to be listening to today. If you could just set it up for us and tell us a little bit about who we have on our show today. I spent some time with Steve Sweda. Mm. Uh, He's bounced around the organization. He's known for being uber creative. He's Mm. also like the video guy. Mm. Uh, He's done a lot of videos for all kinds of areas of the organization, uh, especially transformation. He's uh, A2B 101 student projects, mm-hmm. the team member networks. I mean, anywhere he's needed, he's always all in. So um, if there's been something that's been really quirky or cool or funny in the videoscape, often you can see Steve's uh, fingerprints on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Our 101 students love working with him. And some of the videos that he's done for that group of team members has just been incredible. And I've made a ton of videos with Steve over my time uh, in communication, supporting different areas of the business. So that's been a pretty great experience. And then to kind of debrief and talk about it from this perspective has been pretty neat too. It's a bit of a two-parter, isn't it? And kind of two very different parts. Mm -hmm. But if part two is out already, I would recommend starting with this one. Yeah. Because it'll give you a good flavor and a base for kind of who Steve is and how he views the world. Great, perfect. Well, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about Steve. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Hi, Steve. How are you today? Good, thanks. You? Good. I'm really excited to have uh, another great conversation with you. We've had many of these chats before in the past. I guess where we'll start out is if you could just tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? What makes Steve, Steve? Well, I grew up all over the place, mostly in BC and Alberta. Really early childhood along the West Coast. Kind of middle childhood to early teens, Fort McMurray. Teens to mid-adult age, Edmonton. And then mid-adult age to now, Calgary. So just sort of it's a giant loop. So, I mean, maybe I'm next in Kamloops or something. It's a spiral. And what sort of brought you to Calgary from Edmonton? I was brought down here by a friend who wanted me to come work at her old job because she was moving from one job to another and she needed someone to replace her role. Oh, cool. And you just never looked back, never wanted to move home? There was no turning back. I really wanted to live somewhere close to Banff. And this was about as close to Banff as you could get and still do the work I do. Yeah, because you're pretty big into snowshoeing and all that fun stuff. Yeah, just being in Banff, even, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a great place to be. It is. And then, so what brings you to ATB? What do you do here? How did you get here? I was brought here from that job I just mentioned over to uh, ATB by Chris George, who you may know. Hello, Chris. And um, <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hello, Chris. you got to listen to this now. And uh, I started as a web, it was called a web graphic designer role with ITSD. This is back way back in the day when our technology was old and the role has just kind of evolved and I've kind of literally tricked the company into giving me a broader job as I go. I bought a video camera and suddenly I was a videographer. Added this and I was that. And just kept intrapreneuring my way up into what I do now. <laughs> I'm not sure it's tricked is the right word. It's no, maybe it's, more like earned. but <laughs> We'll say that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of your favorite projects you've worked on at ATB? It's, it's a mix, really. I love when someone's trying to create excitement around a project that's sort of hard to explain and they give you free license to just help communicate that so like the all-in campaigns or or especially the student the ATB 101 student projects where even they're having a, d- a tough time nailing down what it is they're trying to say so I've got to kind of like prime the audience for their their message it's yeah always I always fun. say you're like a you're like a creative machine gun so that's that's always awesome to have you on the team when you're trying to create something magical 
in our conversations, we got chatting a little bit about, I guess it's called a neuro condition that you live with. I'm interested in just hearing a little bit more about that and having the rest of ATB understand a little bit of the lens that you live with day to day. Sure. It's, it's a bundle of things. I mean, the one that people run into the most every day is the one I'm sort of officially labeled under ADHD. So that's the one that makes people like me seem like we're bouncing off the walls all the time and flittering all around. And we can get into the details of what that is. Beneath that, there is, frankly, it's got a whole bunch of names right now because it's being renamed, but it would be considered or it used to be considered high functioning Asperger's syndrome. So it's the kind where you could really pass yourself off as quote unquote normal, but you experience things with through that, the lens of that, but you don't necessarily project the behaviors that are stereotypical. Of, and I do mean stereotypical of the, the whole autism spectrum kind of thing. Can you go into that a little bit more? Like what is what is different for you than what might be for what people call neurotypical? Yeah, so a neurotypical person, you might, I mean, there's the simple things like being able to sit motionless in a meeting for a really long time. I can't wrap my mind around how you could do that. But even stuff like reading social cues. And so this is where the overlap between ADHD and the Asperger's thing happens. I constantly, as constantly as someone might have to be mindful of carrying a tray full of water glasses, constantly have to monitor myself for things like interrupting, breaking eye contact because I'm listening so I don't look at somebody while I'm listening because then it's just too much information to process, um, going into too much detail with an answer. So I'll stop <laughs> well, you're there. doing great. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that exhausting to have to be constantly carrying around that tray of water mentally? It can be without help. I have the generic term would be Ritalin. The brand name is Concerta, and they help you sort of the chemical mix that a neurotypical person has in their brain, or an approximation of that. And then I'm better able to naturally carry that water tray, so to speak, without having to concentrate on it. It can be exhausting when you come off Ritalin for say a month and then realize, oh my God, how did I do that before? What would you say then for people that are neurotypical, maybe aren't looking for that in other people? What is the best way to recognize when you're interacting with someone who maybe is viewing the world from a different lens? And what's the best way to be helpful in that situation or productive in that situation? The problem between the two sides really is that it's impossible to think like them. Frankly, being blunt helps, like just saying you're, you're doing that thing. You know, you're really scatterbrained right now or something like that. Yeah, or maybe being a bit more blunt with the social cues too. Absolutely. That was something that was an aha moment for me, Steve, because I'd worked with you many times and and I was, I'll admit, just oblivious. I didn't even imagine that you might be viewing the world from a different perspective than I. And then you were explaining this to me in the car on the way to camera and there were so many light bulbs going off in my head because... I remember feeling nervous around you sometimes because I would say like hi to you in the hallway, but you were kind of like, you know, zoned in and like walking and you just, I know now, just didn't notice, but I I was like, oh, maybe, maybe Steve doesn't really like me that much because I said hi to him and he didn't say hi back. And now I know like if you're in your zone, I kind of just jump in front of you. I'm like, hello. And that really works. And it's awesome. And I think we have a great um, friendship and working relationship now, but yeah, it was definitely an aha moment for me though hearing you actually just explain that this is a different perspective and what that means for someone within that lens Mm -hmm. and that subtleties are not where you work the best. Yeah, I recently came across, um, thanks to Carrie Lee, a video through LinkedIn that was around neurotypical and Mm -hmm. I posted it on the Abilities Network and I know you commented on it. What are your feelings on that? I think it's obviously not the end all be all of how to explain this thing relate. It was just a, these are the facts, here's the landscape. It's so easy to take any kind of a disability or condition and believe that because of that, this person has some sort of superhuman counteractive ability. Oh, literally like, oh, the blind person can do Kung Fu kind of thing like we do in television all the time. 
you can have someone who's got ADHD and may not be really creative. Right. You know, or may not have some kind of counteracting ability. And, 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 and that was kind of neat to see in this video that they didn't say, because of this, they therefore have this other thing. So you should hire as many autistic people as you can and put them in charge of your crypto department or something. <laughs> right. There's still ranges and you're it still really people is. and you still have individual personalities and desires exactly. and likes and dreams and all of those things. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Anything else that you would like people to know about autism or Asperger or anything along those lines? If you haven't had a conversation about it, you're going to have conversations about it. So maybe just all I would say is be ready. Find your way through this. You will do it. Yeah, and you'll be able to help our customers better. You'll be able to work with people better. I know that we've had customers come into branches with autism, and, and sometimes that can create a space of, of awkwardness if people don't know or trying to figure out what that is and how yep. to best work with those customers. So, yeah, that's great advice, Steve, to just say sort of be ready and be willing to talk about it. If you do think you might have autism, as you're kind of exploring and maybe going down the Google rabbit holes, what do you recommend people do? See a genuine bona fide psychologist. This is something that you can't sort of self-diagnose or web-diagnose. Like, this is real stuff, and it can be stylish to assume a diagnosis of a lot of different conditions and stuff. This is one of those ones where if you get it wrong you're going to either miss something else that's maybe going on in your life that's causing those behaviors or you're going to overread what you've got or that kind of stuff like that. It's really something where you need professional assessment of what's going on. But the cool part is that there's a lot of that available everywhere. Like this isn't yeah. the end of the world. You don't lose your driver's license. You don't. Right. There's lots of stuff. There will be some complications for sure. But knowledge is power too, right? Knowing what you're dealing with, it can be helpful. Absolutely, yeah. That video talked also about belonging so that people with these uh, conditions are often not included. Mm -hmm. So has that been something you've had to deal with in your life, Steve? At times, yes. It did make it difficult to fit in with the crowds you might have wanted to fit into, but it also made it easy to like naturally find friends who were kind of quote unquote quirky like you. Yeah, and I know you're involved in the makerspace community, so is that somewhere you've gone to find that belonging? I, I that was that was sort of by accident, but yeah, that's a place that's just jam packed full of people like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it there's there's everything around there, but yeah, there are the people who just sit and do nothing but make uh, laser cut dumpsters, you know, and they're <laughs> cool. very good at it. But that's what they want to do. Well, there you go, though, right? Like, no matter kind of what you're interested in or who you are, you can find your community and your people where you belong, right? We're we're lucky because we're in a world. The world's changed so much now that your community, you will find your community. Your community will find you. And if it hasn't yet, it will, it, that whole it gets better thing. It's absolutely true. Awesome. Well, I think we'll leave it there and we'll probably call this part one because I know that there's a lot more to your story and we'll cut here and look forward to hearing about the rest of your story, Steve. Right on. So what did you think of that movie? There were lots of really great points that he made in there. I think one of the things that really opened my eyes a bit was, I love that analogy that he uses. He's feeling that he's carrying tray of water. I think that's just a really great visualization of of what that's like for him mm -hmm. um, and, and the challenge that is to be able to, to interact, you know, in a quote unquote kind of normal way with the rest of us. And a good reminder, too, to reserve judgment mm -hmm. because people are often carrying around this mental tray of water that we're not aware of. Yeah. And I know he talked a little bit about best approach for somebody who has Asperger is to just be pretty blunt. Like, don't try mm -hmm. to live in the world of subtleties when communicating. Mm -hmm. I've definitely gotten to that space with Steve and working with him on many, many projects. Mm -hmm. It can be kind of awkward, not because it's awkward between Steve and I. Everyone around us is kind of like, whoa, that was a little right. blunt. And they don't necessarily say that, but you can kind of see it on their faces that that was a little blunt. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, and and maybe a little more, I guess, probably how they're perceiving me is, is harsh. Mm -hmm. But it was said with all the best of intent 
intentions right. and, a, and an understanding between Steve and I, but without them knowing that Steve is Asperger or that that is okay and that that's a norm between our friendship, mm-hmm. it can feel a little bit strange, I think, for others. You mentioned in the interview talking about how you were initially... I don't know, if maybe apprehensive is the is the right word around Steve. And yeah, I was a little nervous. Yeah, nervous, that's yeah. it. Uh, maybe if you could just tell our listeners around that journey towards being an, an ally to him, what did you do to get into that space? I think it was just listening, right? I know mm. that sounds like that's a bit of a tagline at ATB these days, but it was listening, absorbing, and then adjusting, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the other side of listening is that once you've taken it in, it can't just be something you don't do anything with that information. Right. Well, challenge my own thoughts, obviously, because mm-hmm. I had assumptions and judgments mm-hmm. that weren't true. So right. I had to chuck those right out the window. Right. <laughs> and then just kind of challenge myself to be a little bit more bold and trust that we do have a great working relationship and to put assumptions aside and to move forward with that. And, and it worked. It worked really well. And when I was a little more bold, things were just more clear. Mm-hmm. Communication was sharper. We created more great things together. So yeah. I think pressing pause a little bit on on assumptions and being aware of that. And I've found that throughout this journey of allyship and even these podcasts and as we explore these things in general, that is the thing day to day in life. I pause a lot more mm-hmm. with judgment. So if someone I think is kind of rubbing me the wrong way with the way they're communicating or I feel like they're taking up more of my time than they need to be. Instead of the sort of that knee-jerk reaction to get annoyed or frustrated, mm. I spend a lot more time pausing now and just being mm-hmm. like, you don't actually know this person. Right. And even if you do know them, there might be something going on that you have no idea about. Exactly. Because I felt like I knew Steve and then this whole other like side of him opened up to me on a car ride to Canmore, right? So. Right. Yeah, it's so easy, that, that knee-jerk reaction to get really upset with people when things don't necessarily go the way that you expect them to. To take that moment and just really ask the questions and just pause. I think that's a really great takeaway for our team members mm-hmm. um, and what they're dealing with. So or that, that you may not understand yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, but that's just exactly be it. aware that you may not know. That's it. And it, it changed your whole relationship with them afterwards, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, what else did you take away from that conversation? Anything? Well, I know we talked a little bit about representation yeah. and especially for abilities or disabilities, depending on how you want to look at it, where you're going to not necessarily see that is sometimes mm. it's hard to know where that representation lies within your organization. And I know we've talked about in other podcasts too around we only have so many tools to collect that data and sometimes mm-hmm. it depends on people's willingness to disclose. Sometimes that can be out of fear. Sometimes that's just they have a different perception than what we're trying to gather. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that representation really matters and, and please do go check out the video. We'll put the link I think on the in the description. Podcast. And you yep. can also go to the Abilities Team Member Network to find that. But I've been seeing it more in other places, too. I just went to a theater Calgary play called Max and Mary. Mm-hmm. It's also a claymation movie that is awesome. So oh, everyone cool. should watch it. It's based on a true story around a friendship from across the world. that is just like mm-hmm. this happenstance of pen pals. And Max has Asperger. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really great point there around, you know, yes, we're doing this podcast. Yes, we have Courage Story videos. But this is not the only source of information. Yes. I highly encourage people to, there's so many movies and plays and books. One really great book around kind of the same topic is The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Brilliant book about um, a young boy that has autism. Okay. And the book does a really great job of getting into his head and just understanding his thought process. Yeah, and we've talked about this in past podcasts too, like just make an intentional effort to seek some of these things out. Mm -hmm. So there's a topic that interests you, guaranteed, especially in the world of art, 
yeah. uh, from, you know, whether that's writing or plays or painting or whatever, there's going to be someone that has represented that experience. So just yeah. seek it out. And that's a really usually fun, interesting way to learn about it too. Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back a little bit and just talk a little bit about representation too, because previous life as a, as a recruiter, making sure that we have a diverse representation within ATB is so important. And I think making our recruiting processes far more inclusive for mm. um, all different types of people, neuroatypical, that sort of thing, to really approach how we recruit these individuals, because I know they're such an underemployed population in the workforce. 100%. And I think there's a lot of great work that's happening right now in that mm -hmm. space, and we need to continue down that road for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Excellent. There is a second part to yeah. all of this, so we'll just move on to that. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Thank you for listening. For more information on Courage Stories, or if you'd like to share a story that you have, please contact Louis Martirez, L-M-A-R-T-Y-R-E-S, at atb.com, or Rachel Wade, R-W-A-D-E, at atb.com. You can also join and post your comments in the ATB number 11 G-Plus community.